Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome back to Silverfest. We're in day two. Feels like a nice retreat, even though we're online and uh, excited for a big day. Glad to hear everyone's having fun out there. And fortunately, I am now joined by one of the legends of the industry, James. I'm not going to make you comment on that, but I'm just going to say it where, uh, I mean, it's, it's funny. We were pointing out how Wall Street Journal, not only don't they cover silver, like their commodities section has an article like every three or four days. And in terms of what I expect will be the biggest asset price move in history, you've been years ahead of the crowd. And uh, someone I learned from long before I was doing this. So it's quite an honor and a pleasure to have you join us here at Silverfest. And welcome on in. How are you today, sir? Thank you, Chris. It's very kind of you to say all these nice things. Um, and kudos to you for putting this together and, you, you know, your whole team. I mean, your YouTube channel. I mean, it's just really nice to see someone who's consistently putting out great work and interviewing people. And uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. I'm humbled to be here and I'm excited. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've watched your channel for a while. You do that long enough and something good is going to happen. So um, fortunately, we can dig in today. Uh, the question I know a lot of people ask is, when do you sell your silver? And uh, I think as you mentioned when we were discussing it, I guess we could talk for hours and days about this topic. Although that's why you're the great James Anderson, because you've summarized it and have some things at least people can start thinking about. And with that said, I'll I'll step aside and let you take it from there. Cool. Let me see if I share my screen real fast. Okay. And uh, should do it. This is James Anderson again of SD Bullion. You can see on his shirt there. You can see I got my first Majestic shirt today, which I'm quite excited about. And we hit James. If you want to stick around for lunch with First Majestic, you're invited. And oh, cool. Well, um, let's get this going so we don't uh, run over. Um, again, Chris, you gave a little bit of an introduction to me, and I don't want to um, be short or anything like that. So I just want to give an understanding of you know this subject of when to sell some silver or gold bullion um, is a is a deep one, and I've been in this industry for over 12 years with the intention of always having a prudent position in bullion because it just makes mathematical sense. If you actually go back and look at the data from 1968 until 2020, Jeffrey Christian of CPM Group has a, a very thorough stu study about this. And um, he compares S&P 500 versus uh, US IOUs, essentially bonds and treasuries, et cetera, and, and versus precious metals. And uh, the perfect risk reward metric for this last 50 years, if you take up all the data in the full fiat currency era has basically been, you know, keeping 20% of your liquid net worth in physical gold bullion. So, I mean, there's going to be times obviously when silver outperforms and that's really what we're, we're focusing in on today because we think that, that that time is drawing nearer. So one thing to keep in mind here, I'm not saying, you know, you sell everything. I'm just saying you take profits along the way. Okay. My position, I'm sure Chris is probably listening and other people listening probably have an outsized position, more than 20%, okay? And that uh, at some point needs to be drawn down and put back in line. And I that's essentially what we're getting towards. And um, But that's at much higher spot price valuations down the road. So let's begin. Uh, the um, I just released this video on SD Bullion's channel. It's 12 minutes. Uh, it's a brief video about when to sell some gold and silver. Um, 
we go through a few different things. We, we go through a few things that we'll go through here, but other things that are different too. So I've made a few of these videos over the years. And uh, this one, this, this little screen grab that you're seeing, when to sell some gold or silver, I just did that on SD Bullion. So after this presentation, if you liked it, maybe go check out that because it's got more information. Um, so let's move on. So when people talk about you know when to sell gold or silver, they there's there's this distribution graph between like you know what are the possibilities and potentialities and and it seems when it comes to the silver stacking crowd it um you know there's there's outliers there's people who really think that uh you know it's going to go to a situation where they're going to be using silver um silver in like a mad max scenario like literally they want to have silver so they can go buy groceries etc um and and then there's other people who think yeah you know these people are crazy this is never going to happen they've been saying this kind of crap for you know 50 years it still hasn't happened the u.s dollar's king it always will be etc shut up and you know both sides are ridiculous i don't think either side are are, are um i think they're both fantasy land i think the the truth of the matter is what, what we're going to end up seeing in the next 10 20 years is going to be in the probability distribution that you see here the big fat green zone probably and that big fat green zone, I think, is a, a gold and silver bull market that's going to really already has um, in the 21st century that, that's already blown away any others before it in terms of sheer size, the amount of capital that's been exposed, the amount of ounces that's been traded for bullion, et cetera, the derivatives involved, just the total leverage involved, the sheer scale of it. It's This is the first time it's a global thing. Last time in 1970, 81, it was... It was just a Western-led show, mainly. I mean, it, think about it. China and India back then, you know, what they didn't have much capital. They weren't emerging markets. They didn't have one point yada yada billion people moving into the middle class. So that's different now. Uh, India and China are on the up. They're growing. They're getting larger. They're, 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 their purchasing power is gaining. And they're going to have a say in, a, in what, what the price discovery is here for silver and gold coming up. India, especially in silver, they're literally the silver gorilla. Sometimes they import up to 250 million ounces of silver per year, uh, and they likely will again once this COVID thing fades away. Uh, China, they have a VAT on silver, so they essentially just use silver mainly for their industrial inputs, solar, et cetera, but uh, they have something to say about physical gold. Uh, so this, this probability distribution thing that we're looking at, again, I, I just think this fat center right here, this is what we should be really focused in on. This this. These side rails of uh, yeah everything's going to be perfect etc or Mad Max, I, I just think that that's you know one in five hundred chance basically, that's that's basically it. That's the that's the percentage chance of those those outliers actually happening. <clears throat> All right, so here's another video I've done before about this. This is from April twenty twenty on SC Bullion's channel. It it's basically, I mean you can see the U.S. national about two trillion ago. Remember, that's just April 2020, so that's not that long ago. We just added $2 trillion, like nothing. Um, so basically, it's one of the methodologies for getting a price forecast. The potential of it is, is using the M0123, you know, take your pick, um, monetary base for the Fiat Federal Reserve note. If you take that and you start to say, okay, well, what happens when the crowd stops believing in that fiat currency and it really starts to go to hell in terms of purchasing power and people's belief in it, you know, what's the potentiality of coverage? In a, in a historical context. We'll, we'll go over a little bit of that. But in the end, the United States, it claims to have 8,133.5 metric tons of gold. That's something like 261.5 million ounces. And 
you know, we're never going to get that audited. So forget that. That's never going to be audited. Okay. No one's ever going to know whether or not that's exactly what they have or not. They're just going to keep running with that number probably. At some point, they may end up having to open the, the floodgates and start to actually buy physical gold if, if the fiat Fed note is really going wrong. So, um, you know, it's it's basically one of those things where, you know, you basically have to keep your head on a swivel when you're going through this because things are going to be moving so fast and changing so fast that, um, you know, you have to keep monitoring this and you have to have a plan. You have to be flexible with your plan. You can't just have a fixed mindset. All right. So moving on, we're talking about you could just follow James Anderson's YouTube channel, which would be one way of just staying up to date with it. If I <laughs> uh, that's true you could you could definitely just follow me and that'll be enough no i'm i mean come on like in order to to know what's going on you can do your best you know you can monitor this all the time every day and um, plan ahead but it's going to take a lot of group think i think you know for, for people who are experts in this to kind of get a, a general idea of what's happening and just like when you're buying gold and silver you don't do it all at once it's just like that when you go to sell your you don't do it all at once you kind of round out. So uh, hopefully you're rounding out in a nice, high profitable area. Uh, that's the, that's kind of the, the game that you're playing here. And obviously, long term, you're still keeping a position because you're probably still going to be living in a fiat, full fiat world. So always having some physical gold, silver in a private stash somewhere that nobody can touch. I mean, that's just sound just sound uh, advice. I mean, I would suggest people favor gold more toward the end of this than some silver because silver is just going to be so volatile. But uh, either of them will do well, I think, long-term. They're always going to be around. They're always going to have value. Uh, so moving on, look, I mean, this is the M1, M2, M3 uh, volume. This is the amount of fiat currency that's being pumped out there into our system, um, you know, globally. And you can see the last major bull market peak was 1980. And, and you can just, obviously, this isn't uh, logarithmic, so it makes it more dramatic looking. But, I mean, you know, you can see the the uh, repo market, <laughs> September repo market pump, and then and then we roll into the COVID uh, response team, and uh, it's just shooting straight up. You can see all those trillions of dollars going up on our debt. So um, eventually, this is going to come back in much higher uh, precious metal prices. That's just simply how this all works. You can kind of see 2011, you know, where we were back then, and now we're, you know, almost what is that? I mean, 70% higher in M3, it's it's uh, ludicrous. I really like, you know, when I look at this stuff, I use the more conservative numbers. I use M1 and M0. I find those to be uh, more conservative. And I don't like to talk in hyperbole or tell people that, you know, gold's going to 50,000 or some ridiculous number. I mean, it's in these videos, like I did, an, I had to do an update in uh, late June because they've been pumping so much fiat currency into the system. And we had to update these M0 gold price and, you know, GSR silver price forecasts. And uh, let's see, I'll just shoot to the data. Like this was late June I'll, and I'll keep updating this as time goes on. I even have a Google doc that people can go and look at and see how it's worked out, the numbers, et cetera. But, you know, we have a USAM zero at 5.1 trillion, 40% backing, which has happened multiple times in history. You got a price target of $7.8,000 gold. And if you had a GSR, say of, 30 at the time, that's $263 silver. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't really know in that situation what everything else is going to cost. But my, my suggestion is that um, they won't keep up with gold and silver. Gold and silver are going to be the ones that lead first. They're the ones that are going to rocket higher. And 
prices for every every other thing, service goods, et cetera, are going to start climbing as well, but they'll be lagging. Okay. And so that transition, you're going to have a lot of opportunity in that time frame to take advantage of those high prices and that those high valuations. And that's that's essentially what we're getting at here is that there's going to be a time frame where you're going to want to sell some of this because it's starting to get not only fair valued, but likely overvalued at some point. All right. The um, this is what I'm talking about in terms of historical precedent. Um, this is Nick Lard's charts at Gold Charts R Us. Thank God for that man. He, he has some of the best charts in the in the entire game. But this is like a historic context. So you can see 1934 after they confiscated gold and jacked up the price um, to 35 bucks an ounce. That essentially allowed for coverage of the monetary base for a good while until World War II and uh, then the London Gold Pool, et cetera, et cetera, Vietnam War, et cetera, et cetera. And so you can see there's been times where gold will go full coverage of the entire base of the monetary stock. Uh, and that happened as well in 1980. There was like a full year in 1980 where we literally could have gone back on the gold standard. Uh, and here, right here is the massive potential of where this could go. You, you can just see this gap right here. That's where gold's profits in valuation upside are, are looking. And so it's so another chart that we have here. This is this is another version of it. It's just you, I'd have to go talk to Nick Lard about all the, the different inputs here, but it's essentially showing us the same stuff, right? And this blue line is the 40% threshold. And that's the one I use. Very conservative. It's not, I'm not talking about 100% coverage. I'm talking about 40%. And uh, you can see here, again, 1933 to 1934, when they jacked up the price of gold to 35 bucks, got them 40% coverage for multiple years. Even in 1976, it happened. Okay. Look at 2011. It didn't even come close. In, in 2011, when we're at $50 silver and, you know, $1,900 gold in August of uh, 2011, we didn't even get, get close yet in the 40% uh, threshold coverage. And so my contention is that we will when this thing peaks out. It, you know, eventually this this U cup, we're going to probably go down for a bit after we've, you know, gone above 2000, we may go down again and move sideways or down for a while and then it's just going to explode. When once once it once it becomes obvious and clear that infinite QE is now the, you know, everlasting policy and they come again to do it, uh, gold and silver are just going to rip rip higher, and they're just going to keep running. I think we might be there, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I understand. I, no, and I get it. I mean, what, what could Powell do this week to top what he's already done? No, I mean, it's, every time that guy talks, it's just amazing. It's just every time he talks, it's like, okay, buddy, maybe he's told you, and you guys could just put him as your homepage and be the greatest silver salesman ever. <laughs> so here's here's the uh, I show this often. This is a yeah, this is like the the standard bubble chart. It's it was in my last video at SD Bullion, and I actually put in an explanation in case you want to understand how this this works. This is a this is literally like the psychology of, of investing. I mean, it's the psychology of human beings. This is essentially what happens in virtually every mania and in any investment cycle in the last five hundred years. This is the nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty version for gold and silver, and. Um, you know, it, it obviously it's pretty impressive. I mean, you have silver doing, I don't know how many times it went up and went up a lot of multiples. Gold went up many multiples, obviously, as well. Um, this is obviously also they scapegoated the Hunt brothers. I mean, it, the whole thing is on the right here. If you just read this, this is the last one. It was Western world only driven. Platinum and palladium peaked on the NYMEX only a few months later in March 1980. This was in January 21st, 1980, when this was happening. And, um, you know, commodities were multiplying. I mean, 
name the commodity. They multiplied in the 1970s in, in terms of price, in terms of how much, how expensive they were. And precious metals led the whole show in terms of performance. So uh, Hunt Brothers got scapegoated. That's a longer topic, but you could search that. I've done, I've done articles and work on that, videos on that. And uh, that was a total, you know, the comics rig job, essentially. And, uh, you know, the Hunt Brothers were stupid. They, they essentially thought that they could gamble on the comics and that the rules wouldn't get changed. And, and they did. And then they got scapegoated because of that. So uh, that's why, you you know, don't get don't get some ridiculous leverage position where things don't go your way in a certain time frame. It doesn't work, et cetera. I mean, what you want a position that's going to work no matter what the time frame is. And that's that's the patient, more conservative approach. But that's the one that's proven to work. And, you know, you'll be able to sleep, sleep better. Here's the 21st century version. I know people say, like, you know, 2011 was a bull market and now we're getting into a new bull market. Bullshit. This is a 21st century secular bull market. This entire thing has been one huge bull market. And and this 2011, I don't know, 2016 bear was awful for silver. Okay. 50 down to what? 13 or something. Ridiculous. Like an 80%, 90% drawdown. Obviously, this is this was horrible for silver investors. But now it's, this is starting to turn, obviously. Um, now that we're in infinite QE land, uh, silver is going to start to perform and, and start to outperform gold. Um, so one thing that people always point to in this is gold silver ratio. And, you know, obviously they turn back and say, you know, look, it's been 16 to one for so long. And, and before that in Egypt, it was one to one or almost one to one and yada, yada. And it's like a 5,000 history about the gold silver ratio. And I'd say for 90, 98, 97, 95% of the time, it's been in the teens or single digits. Uh, but that's not the case anymore. We now live in a full fiat world where central banks are literally pushing prices around and rigging prices and claiming what prices are and and people just follow it and and you know then we have shortages and then we have manias etc cetera, etc cetera. so here we are we blew out the gsr blew out to literally the highest level it tied to like it got right next to the highest level it's ever been and in the great depression in 34 silver got to like near 130 so we just got right near there and my contention is simple it's we're not, we're, we're going to pass the old 2011 low. The 2011 spike low was 33. And my contention is we're, we're, we're definitely going beyond that. And I think it's going back to the twenties, perhaps even the teens. It will likely not last. It will likely be a spike job like it's been before. So in that time frame, there's a lot of people who think, you know, Hey, I'm just going to go and swap it for gold, et cetera, et cetera. And all these plans and stuff. And that's cool. It's just like the Mike Tyson story. You know, it's like, you got your plan until you get punched in the nose. So you better have multiple plans. You better have multiple redundancies and multiple objectives or ideas of what you're going to do. So, I, I mean, it's these things, they, they tend to happen and they last for literally a month or two. You know, that that's the kind of spike job that happened in 2011. If you had traded around that area in March, April of 2011, you'd probably be happy having, having traded out some silver for other things. So this is the go ahead, Chris. Um, and that actually makes a lot of sense, what you just said there, although we have about a minute left before we need to wrap up here. So, um, wow, no problem. No problem. Uh, so I'm going to slide through these 200 day moving deviations. I mean, you, you can press pause on these videos and read the content, but essentially what we've seen recently is still nowhere near, um, you know, a manic phase. What you see in the seventies, is where we need to go. And both gold and silver need to be doing this at the same time uh, to confirm that we are getting toward the uh, very end of this, this bull run. Uh, the Dow silver ratio, again, the 2011 spike lows right here. We're going beyond that eventually. 
So, you know, you can start doing the math about what silver is going to gain versus stocks, et cetera. Um, my contention, again, this is a gold version of that. It's going to go below this spike low eventually. And we can already see the rollover coming. <clears throat> uh, this is the annual percentage growth in the full fiat currency era. Okay, look, you see how silver passed gold right here? See how it outperformed it for just a brief time frame? That's where we are. Look at that gap in terms of percentage gain from the full fiat currency era to, you know, 1970 to today. Uh, that's the gap that silver is going to make up. And again, you saw how platinum briefly uh, blew out uh, just a few months later. Same will likely happen. Platinum should perform well at some point. All right. And this is a, a longer, these charts there, they're very complicated. I know if you're reading them, they're, they're, um, they're a little bit messy, et cetera. But this is an old one I did in 2019, just uh, 15 months ago. And this blue line is literally the Eastern price of silver uh, throughout the full fiat currency era. Last time it was $80 and now it's 168 bucks. And again, this red line and this blue line, this gap, at some point they're going to converge again. And at that time, you'll probably be wanting to take some profits and selling silver for other, other asset classes. This is a logarithmic version of it. You can see London's been rigging it precipitously um, throughout the 21st century. And that's what's caused this divergence between spot price, the red line, and the blue Eastern price. Finally, Google Trends is something everybody can do. This is the 2011 silver spike high. This is the 2011 gold spike high. This is the March COVID uh, gold and silver crash. And this is obviously more interest as gold and silver has performed. Um, this is a tool that anybody can use. And this is the searches in the United States. This is adding the lazy man search for the uh, stock market, which is just simply Dow. And you can see how dwarfed gold and silver price checks are versus Dow, right? But in manias, like Bitcoin, you can see for a brief minute how Bitcoin took over even Dow searches. And my contention is at some point, you're going to see the blue gold line past the Dow search. That's when you know that we're in a, a manic phase where gold is totally kicking the Dow Jones's industrial average uh, in terms of value. And people are really interested in gold and they're doing searches for gold on a regular basis, more so than even the Dow. That's likely where this all goes. So that's it. We jumped through it. Chris, I'm done. I'll give it back to you. Gene, I sure appreciate what you shared because uh, it's a great question that people are always wondering about. I'm putting James's YouTube link in the description or the chat field again. James, there are a couple of people asking for the slide deck. And uh, are you able to stick around in the Arcadia Lounge and take some questions right now? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. And just people like, if you want to follow me, there's my Twitter handle. If you're on Twitter, there it is. There is our SD Bullion YouTube channel. Just go check out the videos and subscribe if you're into it. And, and like I said, you know, thanks, Chris, for having me. And I'll be around to answer questions in the chat. All right. Well, I sure appreciate that. And uh, yeah, in the Arcadia Lounge, Yara, perhaps you can set him up there. And thank you, James. We'll see you again in a little bit because you're coming on. I know you have another topic in, in a about 40 minutes. So we will see you there. And coming up next, Bix Weir is going to talk about whether JP Morgan criminal enterprise should still be allowed to trade gold and silver. And we'll be back in less than a minute.